This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Welcome to the return of the Red Nation News Podcast. You're joined by Forrest Walker and Paul. How you doing, guys? We're back. We're back. How have you guys been? Uh, I've been pretty good. I just wanted to wish, wish my uh, father, Patrick Beverly, a happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Bev. He's, he's an excellent father, yes. Uh, I've been extremely busy, but now I'm here. That works. Um, yeah, I mean, like the the reason uh, for the for the guy for guys who've been wondering why we haven't been recording, there just hasn't been anything going on. I mean, ever since the Rockets got eliminated in Game Six, um, I mean, it's been dead quiet on the Rockets front. I mean, I was just talking to to Paul about this before we came on. Even if Daryl Morey tweeted something interesting, I feel like we would have found a way to podcast about it. But that just hasn't happened. Like nothing happened in the span of from Game Six. Up until this week, which has been pretty crazy, um, and like as soon as the off season hit, like literally, as soon as the buzzer sounded uh, for the NBA Finals and the off season officially began, we we got news right away. It got it got rolling. Zach Lowe came out with the column about the Warriors um, and their great championship run and how the league's going to respond to it. Um, and there were some interesting quotes in there. He was talking about how the Rockets are going to quote-unquote uh, up their risk profile and they have something up their sleeve and you know that got the conversation going and then pretty much a few days later we got the we got word that the Rockets are going to meet with Chris Paul and that's kind of sparked some interesting debate uh not only uh on Rockets Twitter but NBA Twitter about you know whether or not a Chris Paul James Harden pairing could work and that's pretty much why I brought these brought you guys on to talk about it because I feel like I'm in the minority. I I, I am a huge Chris Paul fan. I l- always loved his game. I'm I feel like he's pretty under underappreciated in the NBA. A top ten player, one of the greatest point guards of all time. You know, um, all that. I just don't think it would work. You know, and I feel like I'm in the minority here. Like I I, I think I think the, the vast majority of NBA Twitter and Rocket Twitter has that sentiment. You know, if you can get Chris Paul, you get him right. And I totally get that. He's a top 10 player, and you don't get a chance to land those guys very often. But I do have some concerns. What about you guys? I want to go ahead and get you guys' reaction from the start of the week up until you heard about Chris Paul's uh, meeting with the Rockets. Uh, well, I'll tell you what is not going to work is not getting Chris Paul. Uh, so, <laughs> this is, yeah, this has been a really weird week. Uh, 
at first I was like, oh, well, that's cute. He's going to meet with the Rockets and the Nuggets for whatever reason. Uh, and this thing seems to have increasingly long legs as the week has progressed, which is kind of surprising to me. Uh, usually these, like you know, it looked like it was just going to be kind of a flash in the pan. So I am now extremely interested to see where this pans out in about 13 days. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm all for it because, like Forrest said, uh, uh, not getting Chris Paul is definitely not going to work. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty much you just got to go all out and see if it works. And I think that it probably would work anyway. So I'm all for it. So um, expand expand on that because my whole thinking is um, like we kind of it's it's pretty established that James Harden is going to be the point guard of this offense. And, you know, that's what this year has been all about, um, reestablishing a, a winning culture and, you know, pretty much setting the precedent that Harden's the point guard and, you know, we're, he's going to run the system. And now bringing in someone like Chris Paul, who, you know, very much wants control of, of wherever he's going to go in the offseason, um, you know, I, I, it just feels like a weird fit. Like, there, the, it's, it feels like there's a lot of redundancy there. Like, you know... Um, there's going to be possessions where, you know, I just feel like Harden's just going to stand there. And we know how Harden is off the ball. He's not very good. Um, this offseason, I mean, last offseason, we talked about how um, Harden's going to have to get better at off-the-ball stuff um, if Mike D'Antoni were to come in. And we just haven't seen much of that. And, like, I think we kind of pretty much established that it, the more the more often you have the ball in James Harden's hand, the, the better. And that's kind of where I stand on this. The idea is like not to maximize James Harden; it's to maximize the Houston Rockets. Uh, Rockets' chance of winning a championship. I don't think that those two are like an ideal pairing to like elevate each other. But I think having like two of the six greatest pick and roll players of all time and like two super high basketball IQ guys is like a pretty good thing, in my opinion. Like. I can get down with that, so I'm good with it. And it's not like neither of them are. It's not like uh, Chris Paul and James Harden aren't like really good spot up shooters. Both of them are elite at that. Like in terms of per, per possession of the like the NBA.com's tracking system. So I'm. Um, I mean, James would have to adapt a little bit off the ball, as would Chris Paul. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that either one of them like plays primarily off the ball. I think they would split it, but I think that it's a relatively easy adaption to make when like you have a teammate that that's that is that talented. Right, and I, I agree with your initial statement. Like getting Chris Paul, it dramatically ups the ceiling for this team. Right, like the. I mean, if you just look at the Vegas title odds uh, before and after the Rockets were to make such a signing, I mean, it would shoot up through the roof, right? And that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, and it totally lines up with uh, Daryl Morey's upping the risk profile to, you know, perhaps compete with this monolith of a Warriors team, right? Um, and I get that. Um, and 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 I have to combat this notion that signing Chris Paul is anything similar to signing Ty Lawson. Like I, I think that's ridiculous. I, if you're gonna make a a case against Chris Paul, Ty Lawson should not be in that. You know, um, in that reasoning, uh, Ty Lawson that year that the Rockets decided to make a risk. I mean, on him, um, 
he just became a bad basketball player pretty much out of nowhere. Yeah, has he recovered since at all? No, no. Uh, the Rockets, yeah. tra- tra- the Rockets decided to you know let him go. Uh, he had a stint with the Pacers that wasn't so successful. Um, and right now he's looking for his next NBA team, and I, I don't think that's a reflection on uh, how James Harden were to do with a, a ball dominant guy. I, I, I just think we haven't seen Harden with a good ball dominant guy since maybe Jeremy Lin, but even Jeremy Lin isn't a good comparison at all because we're talking about Chris freaking Paul, right? Um, and I don't know, like. I, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. You know, like they're really smart players, and I feel I think they could make it work, right? I can I can see a, I can see a scenario where it works, but if I were to put odds on it, like put a gun to my head, I would say it just doesn't. Well, what what exactly is the what exactly are we risking here? Like, what do you think is the floor for this? Can you imagine? Can you like seriously imagine like a Chris Paul and James Harden team going like five hundred or something like that? I don't think Chris Paul like lowers the team's floor at all because he's Chris Paul. Except right. that January he's going to take off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my my question is basically what's like would it be worse than not having Chris Paul? I guess in a vacuum, it, would you rather sign him or just stand pat during the summer? Uh, I don't think there's much of a case to be made for standing pat opposed to signing Chris Paul. I think the hard choice comes, uh, or at least harder choice comes, if you discuss, well, what if, for example, you get Gordon Hayward also wants to sign? Then what do you do? How do you maneuver then? Uh, but that's like that's that's an embarrassment of riches if you have multiple maxable players wanting to sign with your team. You deal with that situation then. That's a good problem to have. Uh, like I think... If you sign Chris Paul, worst case scenario, you only got Chris Paul. <laughs> um, and that makes a lot of sense. From a cold, calculated asset um, perspective, like getting Chris Paul is much, much better than not getting Chris Paul. Um, I do think there's a um, there's a case to be made that this team has found a level of chemistry that, you know, just wasn't there a year ago. And, you know, throwing a wrench into, into the works, I'm not saying it's a bad wrench by any means, you know, th- throwing a... Um, a new situation, you know, in in front of this Rockets team, uh, could complicate it, and complications could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Like I, I do think this the floor for a, a James Harden, Chris Paul team is you know not five hundred, but I could definitely see them going forty five games, forty five wins. I mean, like I, I don't think that's completely out of the picture. I would be surprised by that. I mean, I guess it can happen, especially if health concerns become an issue. But consider that if Chris Paul leaves the Clippers, that leaves the Clippers in a very bad position. So, uh, I don't, like, those wins are going to go somewhere. I mean, they're, I, I don't know how they would end up losing that many games. Uh, I think it'd be tough. I mean, as always, it can happen. Bad chemistry can be worse than anything. Like, if Chris Paul and James Harden just absolutely hate each other and the whole team falls falls apart like it did a couple years ago, uh, then I guess you can see something pretty nasty happen, but I don't think so. Uh, honestly, I think you have to do it, but I don't know if you would do it. I don't think it's a good one for Chris Paul, though, is the weird part. Like, I think Chris Paul will probably be way better off <laughs> signing with the Spurs, which might sound heretical to say, but that's just like an organization that seems like it fits his M.O. a little bit better. Uh, so the Rockets should definitely sign him if he's interested, and they should definitely make the best case they can to get him interested. But uh, I just am still sort of surprised that this is like continued as long as it has, that this seems as real as it is. 
Right. Um, and, like, my thing is, like, getting Chris Paul isn't just as simple as getting Chris Paul. You have to clear cap space to get him, obviously. The Rockets, as constructed, don't have the cap space to sign a Chris Paul-level contract, uh, much less a, a, a average, you know, 28-year-old max contract. Um, it's going to take some maneuvering, and to do that, you're going to have to trade away key assets like a Ryan Anderson, um, a Lou Williams, a Trevor Ariza, and that's kind of where the risk comes in, right? Like, it's not just as simple as bringing in a Chris Paul. It's as simple as, you know, you you have to give away guys to get to that point, to make to create the cap room to get there. Um, and when you get there, it really does have to work, right? Like, I, like I, I do think that... Like the pressure's on as soon as you get those guys because those guys aren't gonna you know like there's no guarantee that they're gonna want to stay around for um, however long this rides out you know James Harden's up, you know up for free agency in in 2019 and the Rockets haven't signed him to an extension yet so I mean they they signed him to one off last off season but obviously that is that doesn't go too far and there is the chance to where you know you upset James Harden right and I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I'm saying that's definitely a possibility, right? Like that—that's th- that, kind of where I stand with things. Like, like it's—it's—it's it's, it's such a delicate situation, and I feel—I feel like, you know, when you get things to align so beautifully as the Rockets season did this season, you know, this Rockets team did this season, it's—it's very—it's very hard to tamper with, if if that makes sense. Right, but you just—you just said aligned beautifully. It takes like a perfect scenario. It took like a relatively perfect scenario for the Rockets to play that well. You can like talk about chemistry all you want, but like with Chris Paul, the like the uh, addition in talent makes up for whatever lack, uh, like whatever chemistry might be missing there. Right, because it, at the end of the day, if an offensive possession goes to. Sh- you always have Chris Paul and James Harden to lean on, right? I, I get what you're saying there. Well, it's not just that. It's so that Chris Paul happens to be a very good defender as well. Like it's he's not he's not like another James Harden in that way. He's like a very elite defender who right. would probably improve the defense as well. Right. He's a first team All NBA defensive kind of guy. Um, and he's been that way for five or six years now, and like that's definitely something to factor into this. Can I ask you guys a question? Like, um, and I think I kind of know the answer to this. Like, well, what does Chris Paul like bring in as far as needs to this Rockets team? What needs does he address? Uh, the need of like the like simple need of like just needing like a second star that James. Uh, not even like an equal star to James, like probably a better leader that probably sets a better example than James in general. And also just like a better passer. The Rockets were kind of lacking in guys that were uh, awesome passers. Uh, They probably had like one above at at one or two maybe patrick beverly yeah i I would say patrick beverly's definitely improved in that regard so yeah passing is definitely like a need in that area so there's that he adds dimensionality to the offense in a way that is going to be very important to playoffs he allows you to maintain a high level offense uh with a high level floor general at all times 
uh, and two aliens at the same on the, out in the court at the same time with James Harden, which makes it just geometrically harder to defend. Uh, he has a level of mid-range threat, which a lot of the rest of the team doesn't, which, while you don't want to play a lot of mid-range, having the threat is important. Uh, it's something which the Rockets don't credibly have right now, and for good reason. But his multidimensional scoring, his ability to run the offense uh, in a very methodical manner as well is going to be crucial in half-court settings. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league for a reason. He's going to make the team a lot better. He brings their talent level up. He allows you to play an elite offensive lineup that also has a very strong presence, presence. at the point guard. Uh, there are The only downside to bringing out Chris Paul is how much money it's going to cost. Uh, you can fig- if James look if James Harden does not want Chris Paul on the team he's not going to end up on the team I can guarantee you that if these talks are happening James Harden is on board with this right and, and like I, I think I think I'm there with you like I, I think James Harden is like I, he's the type of guy who feels like he can fit in with anybody right he um, these guys at the top of the pyramid like you know these top ten level guys um, they have supreme confidence in, in themselves and their abilities, like, and they believe they can fit in with anybody, any player, and as as they should. They've made it to the top of their, at the top, you know, the top of their game, the top of their sport, and so I I do think James Harden believes this can work. Um, the question is, will it work? And and I would say more likely than not, it does. Just that that thirty percent chance that it doesn't. That's what concerns me, right? And. You're right. And that's kind of where I sit. Like, I like if if you know, gun to my head, I I'd probably say go for it. Like, you know, because just because Chris Paul is such a big asset, like even if it doesn't work, you have that asset at the trade deadline to, to work with. Like, you know, definitely, I think there's going to be teams that are interested. You look at a team like a Brooklyn, a Philly. You know, like, there are a lot of teams I'd be interested in Chris Paul services, um, including the aforementioned San Antonio Spurs. Right? Like, I I, I do think um, having him is better than not having him, and I just think like what you said, Forrest, uh, and I think I think you alluded to this too, Paul. Uh, the biggest addition, the biggest part of you know where where Chris Paul can add to this team is in the playoffs, right? Because I feel like we're getting to the point where just James Harden isn't enough, right, in the playoffs. And like I feel like teams are starting to scheme out James Harden, and late the later and later you get into a series, these elite level coaches have scouted James Harden out enough to where. An entire defense can focus around him and pretty much um, closer to not shut him down, right? Um, we saw this in the Spurs series. James Harden was awesome to start the series, but as that series went along, he got more and more tired, and the defense was just so good. They, the, Greg Popovich made a great concerted effort to drop the bigs back and not foul. And, um, you know, it, it just became really easy to scout the Rockets because it was really James Harden and everybody else. And I do think in a playoff environment, that's where Chris Paul adds the most um, to the ceiling of the Rockets team. Yeah, those, those you think about game five, those possessions where Harden basically dribbles out the clock, uh, like, aim- aimlessly and, like, jacks up a three with, like, three seconds left on the shot clock, that's... That's not going to happen with Chris Paul. He's not going to. He's not going to let that slide. Yeah, and just imagining them working at all in concert together uh, to tear apart an offense, especially in a like a, a late game slow it down scenario. I don't know how you defend both of these guys at the same time. Uh, like you get, how do you how do you double them both? Each of them, as uh, as Paul said, are elite pick and roll ball handlers. 
And uh, they're going to have some willing pick-and-roll role men around them. And in hell, maybe they can just set screens for each other. There are so many offensive options there that it's like, like watching that offense home would be fantastic and incredible. It, they're Imagining the Rockets as an offensive upgrade over last year is, I think, something that uh, brings a, a, a cold sweat just thinking about it. So uh, we, we definitely, I would love to see that happen. Right. The Rockets were one of the 15 greatest offensive offensive teams of all time, uh, according to offensive uh, rating and uh, basketball reference. And so adding a Chris Paul, um, I do think that uh, the idea of that is just tantalizing. To, it's, it's just too tantalizing to resist uh, Daryl Morey, the James Harden, and that Rockets front office. I, I just do. I do think. Um, if if Chris Paul were to say yes, I I, I do think Daryl Morey moves heaven and earth to make the space and and you know you know make it happen. And how hard would it be, really? I mean, the what's the biggest worry that they wouldn't be able to move, for example, uh, Ryan Anderson? And Ryan Anderson is good, but I think that you could. If you trade Ryan Anderson for Chris Paul, you make that call. Uh, and honestly, I think they can find somewhere to drop Ryan Anderson's salary. I don't think it's going to be a super difficult call. The salary cap continues to be very large. Uh, and I think we've learned that any contract is in the end movable. Yeah, I, I think the biggest worry um, after signing Chris Paul is, is filling out the roster, right? Like, I, I think that's where... The attention immediately shifts to like like how do you make up for this um, you know the lost talent you assume to get Chris Paul right like how do you fill out that power forward position how how do you fill out the wings and how how do you how do you make up for your reserves right because you're probably gonna have to give up a Luau Ding to create space like I mean not Luau Ding a Lou Williams to make to create space right um, and that's where Daryl Morey uh, is really adept at finding guys on the margins for cheap and uh, um and I. Uh, that that's that's kind of the immediate concern that happens when you sign a Chris Paul. What does a Chris Paul James Harden team like? What, what's the ceiling for that in the Western Conference? I mean, I uh, think Chris, they immediately become the, the favorite for two seed at worst, right? Like that's a two seed. Yeah. So yeah, like, a go ahead. Paul James Harden team could like, I think a Chris Paul James Harden team could realistically have a puncher's chance against, like, a banged-up Warriors team. Like, say, Katie or Stephen Curry, like, have, like, a jacked-up knee or one is out. I think that they could, they would have a legit shot. That sounds a little bit depressing, but, it you is. know. It's, it's really depressing. <laughs> you gotta, well, hey, you gotta... There's a good chance they become the second best team in the league, and while that sucks that they'd still be like well behind the first best team in the league, at least you're a second best team in the league instead of like third or fourth, right? So go for it. Yeah, it's like, and then like, say the Rockets have a really good season next year, they could like move heaven and earth again and like try to sign Paul George or something the right. next year, and then maybe like that trio. If like the Rockets got lucky and one of the younger players became stars, maybe that trio plus uh, the Rockets is uh, the Rockets young players could like maybe like do something versus the Warriors. Uh, but you just gotta it's gonna push the Warriors pretty hard in the conference final series. Uh, then after they get done mopping the floor with the Cavs, just uh, whisper in LeBron's ear all summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I- 
I do think it's a positive thing, and it, uh, we haven't we have mentioned. It. I think I do think it's a positive thing that free agents of the caliber of Chris Paul are taking meetings with the Rockets this year, as opposed year. to last year where uh, Kevin Durant wouldn't even sit down with with the Rockets, um, and that was a pretty uh, grim sign for where the Rockets were as a franchise. And the fact that Chris Paul is taking meetings with the Rockets shows that the Rockets have drastically rebounded from where they were uh, just twelve months ago. Um, and I do, and that's that's definitely a positive. Even if they don't sign Chris Paul, the reputation of this franchise has you know d- dramatically improved from where we were last off season. And um, speaking of Paul George, uh, Paul George uh, is making headlines yet again uh, today. It came out that uh, Paul George does one out of Indiana. He, he's informed the, the Pacers, and Kevin Pritchard starting to make calls. Uh, Kevin Pritchard, the general manager of the Pacers. Uh, he's looking on. To, he's looking to move on from Paul George, um, and he's looking for. It looks like the Pacers want two first round draft picks and a starter. Um, and we've, I mean, me and Paul, we've been joking about this all season. Uh, the possibility of signing Chris, of signing Paul George, uh, not signing, trading for Paul George. You know, like it's starting to become very real. It it, it does look like Paul George wants out in Indiana. Uh, it looks like he's held, like as Sam Amick said. Um, Early in the season, it does look like he's hell bent on going to the Lakers. But I, I do think there's going to be organizations that are willing to take a chance on Paul George. I mean, this is how it always works, right? Like, there's going to be at least one organization that wants to take the risk that their organizational culture and their winning and their money, you know, that makes up for what you know Paul George would otherwise want in Los Angeles. Um, what do you guys think? Is Paul George a realistic suitor for the Rockets? Like, is he is he some is he some someone the Rockets Rockets fans should actually think about? Depends on the price. I mean, if you if you have to give up everything for him and he's overtly just going to leave, uh, that's probably not a lot of good to be gained from that. But I can see them wanting to make it take a rental on him because if you make a some noise with Paul George on the team. Maybe let's go ahead and uh, sign in the, in the summer. But once again, it depends on how serious he is about going to the Lakers. And that's something that's really hard to tell, uh, just due to the nature of of how like rumors and leaks and noise works in this organ- in this league and so on. Yeah, uh, I, I'd I'd trade I'd trade the farm, the non James Harden uh, based farm, for Paul George. I, I'm I'm calling I'm calling BS on that like lakers thing if paul george has success with another with some team for one year and is not tempted by that then i have serious questions about paul george's motives so <laughs> you, you take the risk yeah yeah well so what i'll say about that scenario is that if he really is making it public that he wants to go to lakers only uh that is very counterproductive to getting traded to the Lakers weirdly because if they know he's just going to go there next summer what motivation do they have to to trade for him why don't they just wait till he's a free agent what are they what are they doing next year like they're, they're, they they might as well just hang out and get him for free in that case and if that's the case that's going to drive his trade value down incredibly which you know that some other team like the Cavs or Rockets or something will throw a, a you know the, the biggest package of whoever is willing to trade for him which will be much smaller than otherwise so uh yeah if you can if you can drive his price down that's exactly what teams like Houston want to do so we'll see what happens I think I think the reason the a Lakers team might want to trade for 
might, might want to trade for Paul George as, as opposed to waiting is that, you know, like, if a Cleveland team somehow steps up and manages to get a deal on the table, I mean, I think that does put significant pressure on the Lakers to, you know, go ahead and try. You know, I mean, like, I, I do think they, they're in a unique position to where they have all these assets. You know, we talk about Jordan Clarkson, um, Julius Randle, uh, Brandon Ingram, I mean, D'Angelo Russell. They have a, a crap ton of assets, uh, not to mention some of their first-round picks going forward uh, aside from next year. I mean, they, they ha- they're they in a unique leverage position to where um, they do have the assets to trade for a Paul George. Uh, I, I, I don't think... I don't think like they're necessarily going to sit like if a team gets significantly close to trading for Paul George, I do think the Lakers um, might get aggressive and, you know, try to trade. I don't think this is a Carmelo Anthony situation. I, like Paul George has significantly more suitors than uh, a Denver Carmelo Anthony. I, I don't, I don't think uh, the Lakers would necessarily have to trade the farm for Paul George, like, like the Nuggets, like the Knicks that did to get Carmelo Anthony. Like I, I, I think it's a totally different scenario. And it really depends on where Indiana is as an organization. Do they want to become a uh, a good playoff team again, or do they do they want to reset? And it looks like by what they want, uh, you know, by what's re- what's leaking out, like it looks like they do want to reset two first round picks. Um, I'm going to ask you guys: Would you would you be willing to give up like two first round picks for Paul George? Future first round picks, that is. It's first round picks. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to find a player like Paul George. The only, like I said, the only real worry is that he's a rental, so you got to prove something in the meantime. Uh, but yeah, for a player like Paul George, the thing about Paul George also, which makes him very enticing, is that he really would fit well in that lineup. Like there aren't concerns about what he would do. Basically, like you just put him in there at the at the three and four, depending on the situation. And he just does Paul George things, you know, like James Harden remains running the offense and Paul George uh, continues to be an excellent defender and then like be good at every aspect of the offense. So there's really no downside there. Once again, as in all these scenarios, Ryan Anderson is almost immediately out the door. But uh, yeah, I think they'll be okay. Right. Um, And like, I'm with you, Paul. I I would pretty much give up the entire farm. That's not James Harden. Uh, to get Chris to get Paul George because I think you know like as you said Forrest he's just the perfect fit like and this is kind of why we make these jokes on Twitter right like like if you talk about a, an upgrade on the wing right like this is something we've talked about forever right Trevor Ariza um, it's just not enough anymore like you, it's just not enough you need some playmaking from that position you need better three-point shooting from that position um, and frankly you need better defense right like I, I think Trevor Ariza starting to slow down on that end of the floor and Paul George is uh, one of the best wing defenders in the NBA. And, I mean, if you talk about, you know, playmaking from the wing that, you know, this Rockets team desperately needs, I mean, Paul George pretty much checks all the boxes for what this team is looking for. You know, next to James Harden, I, I, I don't even think there's even, a, like, the reason we're not discussing whether or not you should trade for Paul George is because I, I, can't, see a, I can't see a scenario where it doesn't work next to James Harden, right? Like, it's not a scenario where Paul George is is just this this ball dominant dude, right? He's you can see scenarios where he he takes less possessions and James Harden willingly takes less possessions for to make that pairing work because it it's just it makes it makes a ton of sense. And um, as far as if I think it's realistic, I mean I'm not sure. I, by the sounds of it, like it looks like they're really st- waiting for a Boston to get involved in this. And if Boston gets involved, I mean. 
the Rockets pretty much have no chance, right? Like I, I, I think the if you're trying to compete with Boston, you can't, right? Uh, with this recent trade with the Sixers, I mean they're even more stocked up on first round picks than they were before, which is hard to believe. Um, and it, I mean they have the ability to make any offer better than pretty much any team in the NBA. I mean they they can out they can out asset anybody, and it's just a matter of whether or not Boston wants to go for it right now. Um, and that's you know, like Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge is an interesting gen, general manager. Like he, he doesn't give a crap what the general public thinks of of what what he does, right? I, I think that's pretty well established. He doesn't care, right? He doesn't care if uh, uh, people on Twitter think think he should go for it right now, right? Like I, I think it's um, he's more than willing to to you know let this play out. Um, I, I don't think there's pressure to make a deal before the draft. Um, you know, like he just bought himself even more time. Um, trading down the draft, um, and I think, I think that's that's what's really interesting about this Boston team. Like, if we're talking about teams that can, can compete with this Warriors team, um, I mean, I, I I don't see any scenario out there where for the next three years there is a team. But I mean, the ceiling for Boston um, with the with the unique situation they're in, with the assets that they have, with the players they already have on the roster, um, they, I mean, like if they seriously wanted to, they could make a serious push. Um, out of the Eastern Conference at the, at this Cavs team, I I, I still like I'm not wavered by this um, by how badly the Cavs beat the beat the Celtics in the in the conference finals this year. I I do think, I mean, if you if let's just say if you get if you get a Jimmy Butler right, like the the Celtics are just right there. I mean they're they're right there neck and neck with the Cavaliers, and that's why, I mean, like if you're talking about where the Rockets stand in terms of the bidding for Paul George, I mean, I I don't think they're that high. It, it it really depends on if Danny Ainge wants to make wants to pull the trigger, and if he doesn't, that that's where the Rockets can come in and make a deal. And uh, and we know Daryl Morey. Like I I think I think he's more than willing to make like he's more than willing to make the extra trade. He's more than willing to go all in, put his chips into the table. Um, you talked about this on Twitter today, Paul. I mean, like if you remember how how many assets the Rockets are willing to give up for Dwight Howard. I mean, it was insane. They, they were pretty much willing to give up what they gave up for James Harden for Dwight Howard that season. and Actually, it, more. I yeah. think it was like a bunch of first-round picks, Chandler Parsons, uh, Patrick Patterson, and every other promising player that they had at the time. Right, Jeremy Lamb, Royce White. And, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they were going to trade everybody that wasn't tied down because they were in that kind of situation where they desperately need a superstar. And while the Rockets aren't in that kind of situation, again, I, I, I don't think, like, if if Daryl Morey gets a, gets the chance to trade for, trade for Paul George, he's trying for Paul George. Like, I, I really don't care what anybody has to say about it. Like, it's just too tantalizing of an offer to, to go for, for not to not go for it. Even, even if you're giving up some unprotected first-round picks. Like, the worst that can happen is, you know, you lose your I mean, I guess... I mean, if you really want to go dark here, I mean, the worst that can happen is the pairing doesn't work out. Uh, James Harden and Paul George piss each other off. Uh, James Harden becomes disgruntled. He, he leaves in 2019, and you're out of a lottery pick, right? But uh, I well, don't... Go ahead. The thing about, like, James is you have uh, that that card in the back in your back pocket where you can just offer him the Supermax. So that's that's kind of the thing. It gives me it gives me far less pause about like taking gambles 
uh, now that the Rockets can, in fact, offer like that crazy two hundred million dollar contract, because I, because I think that he'll probably take that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, until a player, uh, you know, doesn't turn that contract down, doesn't turn that designated player exception down. I mean, I, I, I remain doubtful that any player will ever will. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a huge sum of money to turn down it's it's not even an extra year anymore like it was before it's you know it's the extra year plus a crap ton of more money yeah and once again this is james harden's team and it will remain so uh and they're not going to do anything without his overt approval like he's he is the team. If if Paul George is brought on, it's going to be because he signed off on hell yes, let's get Paul George on. Uh, I would. I am just not worried about James Harden going anywhere. Like I think things would have to get really, really, really bad for him to want to leave. This is it's. This is his team. He's tied to it. I think this is sort of the future that we're looking at for the time being. Right, and uh, at at the worst, you roll this team back, and it's still a pretty good, fun Rockets team. I mean, you could. You're probably gonna at least get to the second round every year, and I, I'm fine with that. Like I, I think that's a pretty good place to be in as an organization, where um, you're kind of, I mean, you, you're you're guaranteed to get out of the first round, but I mean, beyond that, it's kind of a question mark. I mean, that's still a pretty good place to be, and uh, you're always in it, so to speak, right? And uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, we're gonna be doing our off season preview podcast next week. Stay tuned for that. Um, we're gonna have our off season previews out during the during the course of this week. Um, and yeah, we're going to get back into the podcasting game again. Uh, sorry for that long break, but I mean, there just hasn't been anything going on. Um, this, this week, this week, um, is an exception. Definitely. Uh, and I, I look forward to be, to talking to you guys later in the summer. Yep. The playoffs are over and the fun part of the NBA can begin. Chris Paul and Paul George to Houston. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Gordon Hayward. What about Gordon Hayward? Gordon, Gordon Hayward, Chris Paul, Paul George, James. They, that's it's gonna happen. I mean, we're gonna. They're all gonna. One of those guys is gonna take a minimum deal, and we're. Just, it's just. It's gonna happen. We're speaking into it existing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's make it happen. Uh, all right, guys. Sub- subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Um, and yeah, guys. Good night. <laughs>